Hey guys, it's Abdul for your good friends over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, for the most part, the holidays, I'll admit it, the holiday seasons are pretty much here. So might as well go and start your holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, Hanukkah, Ramanza shopping, no matter what it is. So might I recommend our good friends over at Leon Tailoring. Get your loved one a nice gift certificate for some good clothes over at Leon Tailoring. They get something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made, no matter what it is, you can find it over at Leon Tailoring. Tell Larry, Norman, Kim, and Judy, Abdul sent you. They'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, when Indiana lawmakers return in January, one of the big things they'll be taking up is the Governor's Health Care Commission to uh, get Hooges a little bit more healthy. And joining us uh, in studio is a good friend, former State Senator Luke Kenley up Hamilton County, Noblesville. Uh, first of all, my friend, haven't we haven't chatted in a while. How you been? No, we haven't. <laughs> I came here to get some wisdom, Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do, come up with between the, between the two of us. Uh, so, first of all, what exactly, uh, explain to our audience, what exactly is the Governor's Public Health Commission? Well, he established Public Health Commission about a year ago in August, and Dr. Judy Monroe, who used to be Mitch Daniels' health uh, commissioner, and I were the co-chairs, and then we talked uh, um, uh, Susan Brooks, our congresswoman, now retired into being an additional member of a 15-person commission, and she was labeled as the citizen's advocate. We met every month for a year. We had uh, people from health care professions. We had two county commissioners. We had a mayor, and we talked about what Indiana could do for preventive health in the state of Indiana because one of the things that we found out in the pandemic was, and this is unfortunate, it's not anybody's fault, nobody ever intended this, but Indiana's public health care program, some people rated it as low as 50th in the nation. When we finished our report, I chose one of the reports that said we were 45th because I didn't like to be called 50th in anything. So uh, we've done so many good things in Indiana in the last 30 years to try to have economic development and bring good businesses to the state. And we've changed the tax laws and we've dealt with property taxes and we dealt with infrastructure and beefed up our road funding. And we've really put a lot of effort into the IEDC and economic development. And it just turns out that... Um, since World War II, although health care has gone from 6% of the state's gross national product to about 20%, it's still a locally funded operation, which means the counties pay for it. And in Indiana, when you have 64 counties that are less than 50,000 people and 30 of those 64 are less than 25,000 people, by the time they um, – you know, do pay for the roads, pay for the jail, pay for the sheriff, pay for the people in the courthouse. They don't have the money to have a significant public health, preventive health care program and initiative started. And so our conclusion was that Indiana could do a lot better. Our premise was that if you would fund us to the middle of the pack, we would produce a far above average performance. And with people like Dr. Box and the governors that we've had over the last 25 years, I think the citizens can know that we can do that. So that's our goal. That's our initiative. Now we are at the selling process in front of the legislature. Senator Charbonneau in the Senate, the chair of the Health Commission Committee, is going to carry the bill. And then the governor has agreed to request our the funding as we have requested on a phased-in basis. And so we had our first hearing in front of the State Budget Committee yesterday to deal with that and make our presentation. So that's kind of real quick and dirty where we are, and there's a lot of facts, figures, and substance behind our requests. And, and uh, even though I've been known as a budget 
conservative, a budget hawk. I think we've always tried to do things that were justifiable, particularly in terms of improving education and things like that. And I think this fits into that category perfectly and that it will be a great improvement for Indiana. Uh, we'll get to the cost in just a second, but I want to ask you, what were some of the top recommendations uh, that the Public Health Commission uh, sort of came up with? Because I know uh, Hoosiers as a, as a whole have issues with you know, smoking, diabetes, high blood pressure, y- you name it. <clears throat> well, they, we broke it down into six categories of how you deliver this. And, and part of it is identifying those types of problems. Uh, the structure and governance of the thing, we had to decide how to deliver the services if we were going to deliver them. And we think that the current structure with a local health department where they already know the people, they already know the elected officials in that county, that if we could construct a partnership arrangement where the state put in the money that's necessary, particularly in these rural areas, And by the way, I think this will be the greatest rural Indiana initiative that I've ever seen in the state house, particularly in these rural areas. If we could get the local government officials committed to the health department and if the state could offer technical assistance and expertise where it's needed and we could properly fund this up, we'd have a great process. So we kind of developed a platform that's like Indiana's road funding formula, which is well accepted by local government officials in in the Indiana state. Uh, highway department they handle the state and federal funds and then they give money out on a match basis and generally the local match required is 20 percent so part of our program is first off the county has to vote the county council has to vote and the county commissioners have to construct a budget to whether to accept this type of funding from the state or not and to do so they have to commit to pay their 20 percent and then we have to have a common memorandum of agreement about what are the things we can do in each county that will be necessary to improve the public health structure for the state of Indiana. Now, obviously, uh, nothing's free, as, as, right. as, as, you, as you all know. How did uh, one of my, fav- my former favorite chairman of appropriations, <laughs> who uh, would sit in his office and, and sort of watch him do his magic, and he wouldn't tell people no, he'd say, well, that's a good idea. Thank you very much. Sort of, sort of the very nice way of well, my father sort of pat me on the head. Like, okay, son, it's time for you to get the hell out of here and go <laughs> and go do something else. How did they uh, convince you that this was money uh, worthwhile spending? Well, the average expenditure in Indiana is fifty-five dollars a person per year. Uh, the average across the United States in 2019, three years ago was $91 per capita per year. So Indiana, the differential would be $36 a person. So if you multiply 36 times two or 6.8 million people, you come up with about $244 million a year. So we put that out there as a signpost to say, we think we can develop programming, which will uh, improve health care in the state of Indiana. It will improve costs for employers. It will probably reduce health care expenses and health care insurance expenses in the long run if we follow through on this. That uh, That's our kind of our commitment, and we want to do this in a partnership arrangement with the governance structure, with the local government officials being com- committed, as well as the state officials. So that's the structure of the plan. Now, Uh, The question will be, what will we deliver? So we have things like EMS services. Um, During the pandemic, the state had to actually go out and hire companies to provide ambulances. 
we have a shortage of EMS personnel and healthcare personnel, just like we do in many other areas. So workforce development is a big part of the initiative, is making sure we have people that are capable and qualified to serve the counties. Some of our real small counties, you don't need a full-time person sitting there that does that kind of thing. But if the state can help them so we have a person who covers three or four counties and is a bridge there, then we'll be efficient, but we will bring a level of professionalism and expertise that we haven't seen before. So those are the kinds of things and kind of ways that we can do this. And then the way the budget thing will be set up is the counties will have some say-so in how we – there are a number of prescribed services in Indiana that you have to meet. And frankly, uh, we are not doing a lot of those things. For example, maybe when you went to school, I know when I went to school, they used to give you occasionally a sight test, a hearing test, check your teeth, and then they'd send a note home to mom and dad and say, hey, you you know, you need to go have your mm-hmm. eyes checked. Well, most of our schools are actually not doing that. And so if we can work with young people in particular through the schools, and that's part of the plan, and we've had discussions with literally all the education people as well as the Chamber of Commerce and other folks like that, if we can work with them to develop this and then get better habits in our young people, then things like obesity and smoking habits, which are long-time created habits, problems, you need to start with young people and develop a culture where they are better off in those kind of things. So that's kind of a real sketchy view of uh, an example of what we're doing. Our guest in the program today is our old friend, uh, former state senator Luke Kindley, uh, up in Noblesville, Hamilton County, who is uh, on the governor's public health commission, uh, who will be going to lawmakers uh, in January, uh, asking for funding to put uh, this sort of program together, sort of uh, sort of a, a, a joint sort of state uh, county uh, county thing. Uh, obviously, uh, the we had the budget hearing, the, the revenue forecast hearing uh, yesterday, as we were sitting and record this conversation. Uh, it shows Indiana will be taking in more money, but lots of demands. Uh, for example, they said they have $600 million of new revenue over the biennium, but the agencies have asked for $700 million. That even, it doesn't even count K-12 through education and some other things. What can you realistically expect from your former colleagues as far as funding goes? Well, I, I, our, our hope is, and we've been working hard and already dealing with individual legislators to try to get our message through, but our hope is is that we can convince them that this this platform, this delivery structure, is one that can be effective and really be helpful here to the citizens of the state of Indiana, and that we can phase this in. Now, the number that I mentioned to you, which might be considered a full-blown expenditure, we didn't even, and the governor didn't even ask for that much. We asked for a two-year transition to get there to where we would have been in 2019. So we're a little behind there in some ways. But the reality is to do this and do it right, and I have full confidence in Dr. Box and the Indiana Department of Health, and I have I have confidence in the legislature too that they will see that this is a, an opportunity they need to take advantage of. One thing that I would go back to is uh, to reiterate that for rural Indiana, which is where we have probably a really huge problem of service delivery we have hospitals that are closing we have some counties we don't even have a doctor in the entire county so um, i think this will make an enormous change in public health and the health care and the preventive health types of packages that we can put together for those people we hope the legislators will agree with us but we've just got to work through that and i know it's a big hill we've got a big rock to push up that hill 
There's a lot of competition for the dollar, but we're not afraid of that. We think we have a good story to tell, and we'll give a good return on investment. And then I think it's got an economic development quality to it because the further and the deeper we go into trying to find these good companies to come to Indiana. They want a healthy workforce. To stay in Indiana. They absolutely, they want a healthy workforce. They want a healthy community. They want a place where their people can live and feel good about where they live. So you got it. That's a very good comment. Um, whatever happened to, in a weird way, uh, sort of personal responsibility in all this? Uh, in the sense that, you know, we, we've got message all our entire lives, you know, don't smoke, you know, eat right, you know, exercise. Obviously, it's easier said, said than done because if exercise were easier, more people would do it. Th this doesn't take away the need for the assumption of personal responsibility by people. But I think particularly when you're dealing with young people, you have to teach them what good personal responsibility is. And um, for example, when vaping came along, uh, Indiana had about, Dr. Box tells me that we had about a 5% rate of smokers among high school seniors. We had kind of worked it down to a pretty low percentage. When vaping came along, the number now is back up to 20% of high school seniors, and they didn't think that vaping had any um, of the bad things that we're talking about in there, nicotine and all that stuff. So we've got to, we've got to train people what the facts are and place on them the idea that personal responsibility is how you really solve the problem. And so you're right. There's always a place for personal responsibility. Senator Kinley, uh, former state senator with us for a few more minutes on the program today. He's on the governor's public health commission. They'll be going to the legislature uh, in January uh, asking for funding uh, to put together Indiana's sort of public health uh, perspective. Uh, you mentioned uh, doing sort of public health the way you folks did, like sort of like the, 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 the uh, roads, not the roads, but the food and beverage. Right. Tax, the, the counties get invested. Um, what what is the, what are the counties what has the county's reaction been to all this? Well, we've had um, at least three meetings with the county commissioners association, and we went to the uh, the overall county government meeting up in South Bend and made a presentation up there. And then we've had other meetings with local elected officials, and we are beginning they are beginning to warm up to this. And we met with the association of mayors. And they were all very positive about this, and they feel like the fact that it's a local choice is a decision as to whether to participate, and also that the county and the local units of government are a partner in this arrangement. And, of course, if they think somebody's going to give them more money to help assist them with a the problem that they've been the sole funder for in the past, they're very enthused about this if it can be done. And so they're stepping up saying, we support you now. Privately, I've had people say, we're going to endorse your concept, or we like what you're doing. Now, whether they step up and help us publicly, yet to be seen, but we're still trying to twist their arm a little bit to say, you need to come to the table, let your legislator know. I think, I think that is a critically important element, Abdul, and you put your finger on it, because during the pandemic, in the legislature, we had problems. We had to deal with what is a mandate? Uh, are you Can you really require people to get shots? And can you tell which businesses can be open and which are closed? And that kind of shook us all up. And that created a big uh, situation in the legislature itself. So the fact that we have a solution which comes out of that crisis maybe. And by the way, 
part of the thing that we need to do is be prepared for maybe the next big event that might come along. And we don't think we can rely on the federal government to get us ready. We think we have to do this on our own. So uh, those, all those things are playing into the fact that even though it's a tough subject to talk about, and it's always a tough time to get money, now's probably the right time to do this. Uh, so we've got a couple of minutes left here. So what's, what's next on the Public Health Commission agenda? Well, right now we're following through in the legislature, and Dr. Box and I have made between 40 and 50 presentations through the summer and through the fall. So you got to, it memorized? <laughs> well, I don't. Dr. Box has it memorized. She's better than I am. I mean, we are so fortunate to have had her during this time of the pandemic because she gave her heart and soul and all of her time to help us out of that crisis. And she's got the same effectiveness and same leadership skills, and her department's done a great job of being prepared of if you give us this much money or if we budget this much money for you, will you really give us a return on our investment? And so I think people are becoming convinced that our story will hold together and that we will perform as advertised. All right. Well, our guest on the program day has been uh, former state Senator Luke Kenley, who's on the Governor's Public Health Commission, going to Indian lawmakers to help Hoosiers get a little bit healthier. So, Senator Kenley, my friend, uh, first of all, always good to talk to you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and looking forward uh, to watching you in action. <laughs> ask for money. <laughs> <laughs> they say they're going to sell tickets for that event. To see me ask for money. <laughs> good to see you, old friend. Thank you, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.